Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. This is the broadcast for Wednesday, the 9th of December in the year of our Lord, 2020. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property. This is Liberty Roundtable Live, the one and only talk show that takes care of business. Always from a God family country perspective, we don't pick sides, we don't choose people, we always focus on issues and principles, ladies and gentlemen. It's not a matter of who's right, it's a matter of what's right. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Uh, the governor, uh, I guess Georgia certifies Biden's victory. They claim for the third time in a row, they keep counting and they always come up. With Joe Biden won by about 12,000 votes, the government claims. But federal judge Timothy Batten dismissed Sidney Powell's lawsuit on Monday. U.S. District Judge Linda Parker tossed out another lawsuit brought by folks saying widespread fraud in Michigan. Senator Cruz announced that he's ready to go ahead and go to the Supreme Court and defend Donald Trump's case. I wouldn't have Ted Cruz do that if it were me. A group of demonstrators literally protested the results of the 2020 election at the home of the Michigan Secretary of State, Jocelyn Benson. They went outside her house and protested. I think there's a very fine line there. We need to be very careful. Go Texas, ladies and gentlemen. Texas sues states for fraud. We'll get into that as the broadcast unfolds. We also talked about uh, Sidney Powell and what a great job she's doing. Support her, DefendingTheRepublic.org. We talked about Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton has sued battle the battleground states of Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, and Wisconsin, saying they made unconstitutional changes to their laws right before the elections, using corona as their cover. Rudy Giuliani said that bias... And corruption were the cause of the media not being willing to tell his story. Then he blames it on laziness. I submit to you the liberals are not lazy. They put their money where their mouth is, and they absolutely double down for their causes. I'd say the Republicans and conservatives are lazy. Exceptionally disturbing. Forensic exam shows Dominion machines switching votes. World Net Daily. FBI agents now raid an Arizona home, I guess in a data theft probe relating to election data. CNN broke all of its previous records. The mainstream uh, is doing very well. CNN, New York Times, readership, viewership up big time, says the mainstream press, telling you that the mainstream press is doing well. Remember that. At least 289,866 ballots are illegal. Uh, A gentleman, a forensic expert, testifies before the Arizona legislature. So here's what I don't get. Arizona certifies its results, even though the FBI's got a probe in their state with election data theft, and even though you've got experts testifying of fraud everywhere, they're doubling down in defense of Joe Biden. The media, the courts, all in bed with legislative bodies to deny investigations on vote fraud. Latest headline from yesterday, the Supreme Court rejected. Republicans attempt to reverse Pennsylvania's certification of the election results. The unanimous ruling issued without comment 
means the court declined to challenge the state's certification process or even question it. They're not going to even question it or look into it. They're just simply saying no. And my response is shame on the Supreme Court. Shame on them. To not even investigate and dig into this case with so much vote fraud. There's allegations by Texas. There's allegations in every single state. There's evidence. There's people testifying in state legislative bodies. People are releasing evidence left and right. It's the biggest scandal in American history. Almost. I think the Federal Reserve fake money system is bigger. But nevertheless, it's one of the biggest. And you know what? I'm not surprised. And this is why I told you that Trump, I'm afraid, will lose. Not because he deserves to lose. The truth is on his side. But because we have such a corrupt system. Remember, this is the Republican-controlled court that gave you Roe versus Wade, right? And 60-plus million babies have been murdered since that horrible decision back in the 70s. This is the same court that when the Republicans tried to push and jettison Obama government-style health care that doubled down and backed Obama over Trump and said, uh-uh. We're going to keep Obamacare. These are the same folks now that have sold you out one more time. And I'm not attacking any specific justice because I don't know what went on behind the scenes and what statements were made. And I don't know how, you know, what what freedom they have to speak about, you know, current cases, etc. So I don't I don't know the inside there, but I know this. The conservatives failed to stand and investigate vote fraud at the Supreme Court. Now, there's a lot of good news the mainstream press isn't telling you about, and that's what we'll get to in detail with our guest, Larry Pratt, talking about all things liberty. Welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, my friend. Well, thank you very much. It's always good to be with you. What do you think of the uh, summary of uh, yesterday's broadcast and then the, uh, the opening salvo about shame on the courts this morning? Well, it's not as if uh, there's not much to talk about, Mr. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Kirk Crosby's with, he, with us as well. Welcome, sir. Buenos dias. Uh, greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Sam. I'm, uh, I know people are disappointed thinking that the Supreme Court was going to do a slam dunk for liberty. Uh, but they haven't done much, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, they haven't overturned Roe versus Wade. It's the Republican court that gave us Roe versus Wade. I'm not shocked. I am disappointed. Kurt, your thoughts? Then Larry. Well, it's a great point. And uh, yet, uh, you know, we can continue to hope that the uh, jurists um, will, well, you know, that they will hold to their oaths of office uh, to defend and protect the Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic. Uh, and, uh, you know, there is uh, at least one of the biggest uh, and most exciting pieces, at least to me, is uh, to see the states. Uh, Sam brought this up yesterday. Yeah, but before we go on to that, let's, let's the, talk about the Supreme uh, Court, though. Are you surprised that they did this? This is a Republican-controlled court. How many of the people on the court are put there by Trump? Three? Well, it always goes to the... How many? Three? This one has three. Yeah. This one has three from President Trump. Uh, um, and yet, um, at least from what I can always tell, is what type of Republican? What What, what is a Republican? And, you know, and well, that's why I'm always Well, in this case, it's Trump's appointee. That's what it is. Eliminating the whole Republican-Democrat thing, the party system. But uh, that's probably a little stretch for our time. 
Yeah, good point. What do, you, what do you say, Larry? I'm saying shame on the court. This is about as bad of a decision as Roe versus Wade, though. If we let this election fraud stand, we're in serious trouble, sir. It It is concerning. Uh, what we don't know is that all these decisions that they make are kind of like the Solons of uh, Socrates' Greece. They meet uh, uh, somewhere in secret and uh, up on a mountain and the decision is delivered uh, uh, and who knows how they got to it and what gods, quote unquote, they were talking to. Um, it, it's um, uh, There's traditions of the court. There's all kinds of things that you and I wouldn't think are fact, should be factors in their deliberations. Uh, and yet they're trying to I think, from things I've read, they're trying to maintain the, quote, integrity of the court, the reputation, the traditions of the court. And all of that's apart from the Constitution, which is what they've actually taken an oath to uphold. And so we got a lot of weeds in that garden, and uh, I'm afraid they're not going to come out anytime soon. Uh, I, I, uh, I think we... Uh, we just got to kind of keep on uh, pushing, and hopefully uh, as time goes by, uh, maybe we're going to see uh, uh, Justice uh, Barrett, who I look at as uh, kind of a Deborah. Uh, maybe she's the gal that's going to eventually get a backbone in some of the, quote, Republican or conservative judges. Uh, we'll see. Amen to that. Praying Larry Pratt is right on that. That's what we put them there to do. So far, uh, they seem to be uh, not taking care of uh, business, in my opinion, the way it ought to be. I personally think we ought to start impeaching justices over this. Uh, there was some comments made uh, by who was it? Linwood and, and Sidney Powell and others saying, hey, you know what? If these judges don't at least start to stand up and get it right and investigate real fraud, we have no other place to go. We need to start impeaching judges over this. Well, that, I think, is something that really needs to be put before them continually. Uh, the whole country has seen, I think, uh, the tape that came from the security cameras uh, where they were counting votes. And it was pretty obvious to everybody except a Democrat operative uh, that they were cheating. They got the Republicans out of the room. And then, whoops, out came the hidden ballots. And uh, not only did they count them once, but in one case, a batch of ballots was run through the counter uh, at least two more times. Uh, <laughs> so they, I must say they seem to have a quota, and uh, they're not against quotas in this case. That's for sure. Amen to that so much for the we got to get Republicans in power because, hey, the court's what matters and getting Republicans on the court's the key. We had a Republican controlled court that gave us Roe versus Wade. We have a Republican controlled court now that says we're not going to look into vote fraud no matter how in your face the evidence is. Shame on them. When we come back, Kurt will respond to the impeachment proposal by some that I repeat and concur with. And we'll talk about that. Then we'll talk about what the other side's doing because it ain't over yet, baby. And the mainstream press isn't telling you the rest of the story or what's happening uh, on the other side of this, uh, in my opinion, historical reality check. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, 
Many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Very good, ladies and gentlemen. You are a, uh, well, you're a captive audience here on the Liberty Roundtable Wait a minute, they're not captive. Show. They can leave if they want well, to. Well, I mean, you're, you're held and spellbound by our amazing guests. All right, there you uh, go, like by our Larry amazing Pratt. coverage, incredible guests. And, Amen uh, to that. But anyway, uh, thanks for being with us here on the uh, Liberty, Loving Liberty Radio Network. And, uh, of course, we appreciate your whatever device it is that you use to, uh, well, get us, uh, you know, whether it's a local radio station or uh, some other former fashion and all these newfangled things. Uh, these days we're, you know, overwhelmed with newfangled things. We kind of... Ought to many times uh, go back to the old things, though, like the phrase impeachment seems to be only used with, uh, well, the president, if you will. And yet, uh, as far as I know, it, you know, it's uh, pretty appropriate to use it for judges as well as uh, so many others in our uh, beloved government. But uh, I've long called for this, and I suggested it would be like Sidney Powell recommended a little while back if John Roberts won't do his job then we'll impeach him you know and I'm certainly for that all right anyway I support impeachment completely and that's something we need to look at with these justices shame on the courts ladies and gentlemen and I don't want to spend too much time on their side of the debate they're kind of saying because this was uh Oh, what do they call yesterday, Kurt? There's a term they use for that day. What's it called, Larry? Do you know what it's called? I'm drawing Harbor a blind. Day I beg your pardon. Well, I heard the, I heard the phrase, certiorari, 
was another word they said. They they said it was like a hurry up kind of thing, and this was an emergency thing, and they didn't want to approve it for that. Some have you know commented that uh, hey uh, they'll go ahead and take the full thing and look at the rest of it. Uh, some have said well they just uh, kind of waiting for the right court case, and they saw this Texas thing coming their way. You know it's just. I mean, yeah, they called yesterday always... Safe Harbor Day. And what they're trying to say is that, you know, that, hey, the barn doors the are closed. And it's kind of like at the end of a football game. You know, hey, the frigid airs are closing, baby. It's about over. He's lost, you know, kind of a, a lie. Uh, and that's the way they kind of play the game. However, I would submit to you that the Supreme Court, uh, this is one of the biggest wrongful decisions they've got in our lifetimes. This is serious. And if we let this stand, we're in serious, serious trouble. Um, but I cover the other side so that you know what they're doing, <clears throat> you know what they're claiming, you know what they're saying. And I want to be fair and open and honest about that's what's going on. That's their take. That's their view. And I want you to know shame on them. And I want you to understand what the constitutional repercussions are and the remedies. What do we the people have as a remedy? The answer is impeaching these people. The answer is replacing these legislative bodies that have not taken this seriously and they've gone on and let their leaders in the given states certify elections when they know there's fraud. Okay, Some have done their very best to fight it, but most have simply rolled over. All right? So that's their side. Here's the other side of the story that I think is really, really important to understand as well. And that is this. States back Texas in the Supreme Court lawsuit alleging unconstitutional elections in battleground states. Who writes this? The Epic Times with the piece. Kurt? Very good, Sam. Um, can you say it one more time for me? Say what? Uh, so, uh, well, well, let me make a you. comment on that. Go ahead, Larry. Uh, what yeah. Texas in part is arguing is that uh, uh, the equal protection uh, aspects of our Constitution are violated when you get some states being able to uh, elect uh, a president one way and giving some of their voters, if you will, more of a vote than, say, the people of Texas who played by the old rules and never got the memo that, uh, hey, we're going to change the rules right in the middle of the game. <laughs> well, and that's exactly what's being done, and that's exactly Texas's position on this. We're talking about an Epic Times article Kurt Crosby gave me that says states back Texas in Supreme Court lawsuit alleging unconstitutional election in battleground states. Why? Because of what Larry kind of highlighted, that, hey, they've changed the rules. They did so without authority. Uh, they did so, and what happens is it affects the other states. The other states have less of a, uh, quote, say because of the manipulated new rules that literally violate the, the laws of the given states that the new rules were focused on in. This is a huge uh, Epic Times piece. TheEpicTimes.com is where you can find it. Any more details on this you want to highlight, Kurt? Well, uh, you know, and you're exactly right, Sam. And the uh, Texas is being joined now uh, by uh, the attorneys general from Arkansas, Alabama, Missouri, and Louisiana. And I bet they're going to have a lot more company, at least I'm hoping. Uh, so, uh, you know, and this... Um, I think Larry's right on target with his analysis, and uh, I don't see a better way to get this thing squared away than this. 
Well, and what I think we have, uh, and by the way, I, uh, late last night I'd counted close to 10 states that I think have joined Texas or nine others, uh, but uh, we now have a split in the various states uh, as to whether they want to take action or whether they don't want to take action, and and that's kind of a classic uh, way for the court to say, oh, we have a controversy here, and when you've got states involved in this, they get to go right to the Supreme Court. They don't uh, have to go through the lower federal courts. They can knock on the door uh, here in Washington and say, we've got a problem. Uh, when tomorrow or the next day are you going to hear us? There you have it, Sidney Powell saying, "Hey, we got to impeach John Roberts if he, uh, you know, dismisses this impeachment thing." The problem is, I don't really know who. Um, I don't know which one of these you would impeach because the whole court's silent on the matter. And I think something needs to be done, in my opinion, to highlight who's who here. I don't know if we're going to get that, but that's something we desperately need answers on. I don't want to make the court so-called political, but at the same time, they're already being political by picking the Democrats, the vote fraud side, Larry. Of course. Uh, to say that uh, there's nothing political in a Supreme Court decision involving an election is to kind of uh, put blinders on and uh, uh, say there's nothing to see here. Well, of course there's nothing to see. <laughs> you don't want to see it. <laughs> and I think that's uh, – uh, the establishment would like for this to go away, nothing to see here, keep on going. Um, they, uh, they really are kind of salivating uh, at the thought of pulling this off because if they do, basically elections don't make a whole bunch of difference anymore in the future. Where do we go from here? Do you think that Texas is going to have standing where maybe some of the Republicans in a given state don't? I don't really understand how we think that these Republicans, though, in the given state where they claim there's fraud, where we have uh, literally people delivering uh, evidence to the courts and evidence to the legislative bodies of fraud. I mean, I don't know where, where else you could deliver it if you don't if you deliver it to the to the court and to the legislative bodies. I'm not sure where else you could deliver it, uh, but it seems like the court isn't willing to answer that. But Man, if there's a group that would have standing, shouldn't it be those folks claiming, look, fraud's taking place in our state. We don't think the certification should happen. Because of that, I don't know that there's a more viable point to be made. Well, technically, I suppose, Sam, what they're going to do is say, well, they weren't the state of whatever. Uh, they didn't have standing as the state. Well, okay, guys, you want to play that little word game. Here comes Texas, the state of Texas, the suit being filed by the chief legal officer of the state of Texas. Uh, is that good enough for you, court? Now, I find this interesting. It seems like a lot of southern states are ganging up against northern states. And they say the south is going to rise again. Is this <laughs> is this a, a smattering of that, you think? Well, if if that um, makes their day, uh, God bless them. But the fact of the matter is at least uh, I think they're doing the right thing. And if they I, – I really hope – that this will eventually be seen as more than just a regional thing. Uh, hopefully it's not just the southern states that are worried about uh, due process being shredded and thrown to the wind. Um, so 
I think their legal arguments are rather a bit more substantive than than that. And uh, but I have heard that, so you're right. It's a but hey, whatever floats their boat. If it gets this thing to the Supreme Court, uh, that's not really the issue. But uh, if that's what uh, maybe gets some of the voters behind him, or what, fine. Let's but let's get this thing moving. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I understand Larry's point. More power to him. And I don't really think it's a South Horizon thing necessarily. I kind of joke about that. But what I do think is the South was right on states' rights back in the day. And they're right on states' rights once again. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. It's called a bill of complaint. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton's lawsuit filed with the U.S. Supreme Court for President Trump's ongoing election challenge. Trump lawyer Jordan Sokolow on Newsmax TV explains the Supreme Court is involved now because it's state versus state. The court didn't just take this and issue an order uh, denying it or something like that or, or, or maybe coming up with opinions later on tomorrow. They are requiring these four states to actively respond by Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern time to the allegations in this bill of so, complaint. And that's that's different than most court cases at the Supreme Court, because this is a case of original jurisdiction where the court has that original jurisdiction in the Constitution because it is state versus state. We'll stay on top of this breaking development. USA Radio News. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule. Changing the world one life at a time. I had begun to notice after 10 days with Balance of Nature, I felt better, more energetic. And believe me, for me, that's something because I have energy anyway. But as old as I am, that was really something to start really noticing. You know, we're all responsible for choosing what our attitudes are, but I had a better mental outlook. I mean, I always try to be positive, but there were subtle things in me that I began to notice. I just felt a difference with this. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code USA. Right or wrong, leadership's role in combating the China virus is wrecking havoc on the economy and Americans' ability to pay their rent. USA Radio News' Tim Berg has the details. Nearly 12 million renters owe an average of $5,800 in back rent and utilities by January. That's according to a new report from Moody's Analytics. But the financial pinch could get worse for those renters as the federal eviction moratorium expires at the end of the year. On top of this, many governors and mayors across the country have shut 
shut down major sectors of the economy, leaving millions unemployed. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg. As of mid-2017, the number of U.S. renters stood at 43 million people in America according to a Harvard University study. A Hawaiian Airlines flight had to make an emergency landing on Monday morning. The flight from Honolulu to Kahalui turned around 20 minutes after taking off. Out of an abundance of caution, the crew elected to return the aircraft to Honolulu, the airline said. This is USA Radio News. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. I think all justices on the Supreme Court should be impeached. And let me tell you why. You could say that's an out-of-control bold statement, Sam. That's crazy. You know, but you know what? They're all remaining silent. And there are literally hundreds of examples of and evidence submitted related to vote fraud in the greatest country on the face of the earth. Where, you know what, one of our most prized reality checks is this vote thing. They always tell you, Sam, voting is one of the most critical things you have as a citizen to be able to hold your government accountable, to make a difference. And if there's literally vote fraud, and you could say, like there are Democrats, well, it doesn't exist, there's no evidence. But ladies and gentlemen, when you have the FBI literally committing a raid on a home with guns to get uh, election data that's been stolen in Arizona, okay, when you literally have a vote fraud video showing that they had people go home, then they pulled out and counted extra ballots in Georgia, a video proving that. When you have, and this is nothing new, by the way, Ben Swan and many others have reported on this quite often, uh, Truth in Media, etc. These vote fraud, uh, or the hacking of these machines is very easy to do. That's been documented. This is nothing new. But when you have all that, and the Supreme Court literally remains completely silent, and you could say, well, Sam, there's a couple of justices that just wouldn't go along. Yeah, but you don't issue it with no comment. You issue it with a dissenting view that says, hey, we're not touching this because the other justices won't touch it with a 10-foot pole. But I want to stand up and say this is serious. These are serious allegations that must be looked into. And when the court gives no direction of what they'll entertain and what they won't, and when you know that it's so slim of an opportunity that we even get before the Supreme Court in the first place, President Trump has even highlighted how hard it is to get there. And when you have these court justices silent on the matter, not letting you know any direction or where they're at or what they think or why they're dismissing it. In other words, you get no comment, no guidance, no direction, no understanding of their thought processes, no idea where the justices on the court stand. At some point, Larry, all of them, in my opinion, have serious guilt all over them in this. It is an epic failure. It uh, certainly leaves too many questions on the table and it uh, it seems to me that I, I was just thinking as you were going through your point that uh, the colonial America was under governors that had been appointed by the king and the governors uh, were shall we say not very responsive to popular will and at one point if I'm not mistaken uh, some of the colonists began to uh, light fires in and around the governor's house and and uh, tar and feather various tax collectors. Uh, there was a rising discontent that finally resulted in, uh, since that message wasn't getting through, that the 
quote, natives were restless, uh, that um, we ended up uh, starting to get it on in Lexington Green and then moved the real battle over to Concord where we had a temporary victory over the British and sent them home packing. Uh, that, uh, that's the kind of thing that you would certainly like to see not happen, although the means for doing that still are retained by the people, and that's why the Second Amendment uh, has been so um, debated, because the government would like to see that, oh, that's just a relic of the past. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> like uh, theft of votes and power uh, uh, usurpation is a thing of the past, too? Uh-huh. The Supreme Court, we're going to let vote fraud, serious allegations all over the country with hard evidence stand. And we're going to be unanimous in our silence on t- explaining you why we won't even discuss it or deal with it or anything else. Uh, what you got is a bunch of justices afraid of their own shadows uh, in this regard, and, and we have no direction. So I appreciate Texas and others coming with following up lawsuits, and I hope one of them uh, takes flight so we can have real accountability here. Uh, but when the court gives zero direction and just shuts down case after case after case, you know what? There's no telling if we even get another case in front of them. Much well, less. And, and that, to me, is the biggest criminal part of this, uh, Larry Pratt, that, you know what? As a Supreme Court justice, you give zero direction on such a critical issue as your fundamental right to vote, sir? Well, it may make us wonder whether we really... Uh, have the best idea to give them lifetime tenure because, yeah, they're not supposed to be influenced by the uh, the passing fancies of the day. Uh, they're supposed to be ruling on the law, on the Constitution. But what greater case or issue could the Supreme Court be thinking about, discussing, pondering, ruling on, entertaining, uh, investigating? I can go on and on, right? Than this right now. Is there a single like one? That. And I think the unrest that is likely to result from this uh, could very well end up being somewhat well, we ought to look back to our colonial past to see what can happen when the government is so totally tone deaf. Kurt, do you want to respond to this? Well, um, one of the things I want to throw into this argument or this uh, conversation right now is this uh, story yeah, that Kurt was a little while back. This was, uh, well, no, I'm just talking about this, uh, you know, the battle between good and evil, you know, continues. Yeah. Uh, but March, March 5th of this year, the headline from National Review said, Schumer, comma, the Supreme Court, and the mob, Andrew McCarthy, and uh, says, uh, should Chuck Schumer be censored? Censured? Of course he should, in the sense that the rule of law, where it actually are censure, uh, would cry out for it. On Wednesday morning, the Democrat Senate ma- Minority Leader stirred up the mob outside the Supreme Court, unabashedly threatening Justices Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh, quote, I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. Schumer invade, you won't know what hits you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Inside, the justices were then hearing argument on what ought to be a straightforward abortion case. They say, i.e., one in which the right invented in Roe v. Wade is not up for consideration. When called on his menacing remarks rather than apologize, Schumer brazenly lied about what he had done. This morning he was still lying. Uh, he says, uh, 
and he offered under pressure while insisting that in no way was I making a threat. Now, all I can say is, you know, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's a duck. And that guy was threatening the Supreme Court. And I believe those justices, uh, you know, they got to have a lot of courage. Like the president says, he's kind of looking for somebody with some courage. And he's um, wondering where it'll come from, uh, you know, out there. Yeah, but unless you, know you start I mean? impeaching people, unless you start throwing people like that who threaten in prison, uh, you're not going to get anywhere, Larry. The thugs are too in charge and they've got uh, too much secret combination above the people i'm afraid that's right uh the impeachment is a highly political act and the senate of the united states uh i don't think has more than uh golly a dozen if i'm being generous uh who have the spine to proceed with calling out some of these folks and actually bringing them up on charges of impeachment uh, that um, is just uh, not in the political makeup uh, of the uh, of the Republicans, and of course the Democrats have a vested interest in the communist agenda that they're pursuing. So uh, who's to object? Well, the American people are starting to, led by Sidney Powell, led by Lynn Woods, led by Matthew Staver, and many other attorneys and others supporting them, and good on them for going the yes. peaceful route. I commend them for that, and I want to restore the republic, and that's why I want to use the remedies the founders gave us as opposed to a vigilante or mob kind of a, you know, a idea. You know, I agree that people must retain the power at all costs, but I also agree that there's plenty of remedies that we have not exhausted yet, Larry. Well, and one of them is simply to make this an election issue. When the people uh, have focused on maybe something like this, but to demand of a uh, somebody running for the United States Senate, uh, whether it's two years or four years or whatever, uh, are you going to vote to impeach fill in the blank? And that becomes very concrete. You can discuss that judge's record. You can make the uh, opponent in that political contest defend what are the terrible things that are on the list. And right now, uh, even the the uh, political class, the, the folks that are running for Senate are in the Senate, they're not talking about that at all. So uh, in, in, I'm not trying to dis excuse the judges because they're supposed to be immune from this. Uh, uh, but in fact, there is no static coming back from the political class, from the United States Senate. Uh, to my knowledge, there's no senator, maybe there's been one or two uh, that have said, hey, we've got to get it on. This is getting too too much i think larry's right ladies and gentlemen we'll come back talk about this more i you know there's been threats of civil war in america that we're approaching in the next civil war i've suggested that's a possibility but i think we have too many opportunities to avoid it sad to say with what we're starting to see maybe we don't have those remedies as i thought maybe we've waited far too long Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. 
but nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. When I say we may have waited way too long, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not talking about revolution or civil war. I'm talking about peaceful solutions to solve the problems we face using the remedies and the checks and balances provided by our founding fathers in our supreme law. So I'm talking about peaceful restoration. I'm talking about solutions they're related to. Uh, and I say we may have waited, waited too long because, hey, uh, you know, at some point the natives are going to get restless. At some point people are going to lose patience with the system. I don't want that to happen, folks. I'm doing all that I can and have spent the last 25 years doing everything we can to prevent that from happening. We are not uh, increasing agitations, if you will. In fact, we're trying to get people to back off. Yesterday I was saying, hey, surrounding the Secretary of State's home, whether they had guns late at night, you know, that's just not a good precedent. I get that, that they were peaceful, and I get that they have every right to peacefully assemble. But if we're not very careful, things you know happen uh, when it's not intended. In other words, the American Revolution was started by we don't even know who fired the first shot, right? In other words, it, it, was, it was peaceful, and it was ratcheting up and ratcheting up and ratcheting up. And then, hey, um, you know, it was off to the races. And we don't even know how or, you know, that occurred. We need to be very, very careful here. And, and I don't bring that up because I'm afraid. I bring that up because I hope to be wise and careful and appropriate and provide leadership that does not escalate, that de-escalates and provides peaceful remedies provided by our founders. They gave their blood so that we don't have to if we use the system and the checks and balances they gave us. Kurt's got a few more updates uh, that we'll provide. And then Larry Pratt riding shotgun today can respond. Kurt? Very good, Sam. Um, so along with this uh, conversation, to me, the uh, Epic Times piece, the headline that reads uh, Trump on election battles. This has to do with the um, big uh, vaccine thing uh, from yesterday. Um, but um, he said uh, legislators, judges need courage to do what's right. Zachary Stiber is the uh, author. I think that's how you say his name. But anyway, yesterday, uh, the president wondered if lawmakers or judges have the courage to help him challenge election results in key battleground states. 
Uh, the quote was, quote, let's see whether or not somebody has the courage, whether it's a legislator or legislatures, or whether it's a justice of the Supreme Court or a number of justices of the Supreme Court. Let's see if they have the courage to do what everybody in this country knows is right. That's what he told this uh, press conference in Washington during this uh, summit on the COVID-19 vaccines. Um, and uh, along with it, um, Larry Pratt, there's an article from WorldNet Daily I just wanted to throw in. Bob Unruh is the author, and it says, uh, Pence to decide race, question mark. Law profs say VP allowed to, in quote, count, in quote, electoral votes. Under this theory, vice president could reject ballots that remain under challenge. Um, are you familiar with this? I hadn't heard that, but that would certainly uh, open up the possibility that uh, if that were to to end up being the case, there may not be 270 valid electoral votes, in which case the House would have to decide uh, the election rather than the Electoral College. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Right, a great point. And then, uh, as I understand it, in the House, then each state would have one vote. And as far as I know, uh, there's like 27 Republican-controlled uh, states and 22 uh, Democrat ones. Is that the way you understand that? Yes. Uh, the It would be how many um, states represented in the House of Representatives have a majority Republican delegation. Uh, there but may the problem be. is some of those Republican delegations may go against Trump as well. Many of them are secretly been trying to take down Trump as long as the Democrats have. Well, it wouldn't be secret any longer if they voted against Trump in that election. So uh, I, I, I hear your point, and uh, I, I don't trust uh, quite a number of those folks. But I think if it is so in the light that it may just uh, – and things have become so highly polarized even since the election, and it was plenty polarized, uh, that I'm not – I'm not sure whether these, uh, as we call them, Republicans in name only, these rhinos, would actually want to do something uh, as brazenly uh, against the wishes of – because most of the people that vote for these rhinos I don't think are voting for that kind of uh, rebellion against the party. Uh, they're voting for somebody to spend more money. Maybe they're voting for abortion, uh, but nah, nothing like that. That's that's getting pretty uh, – it could happen. I don't want to say that it couldn't, but I, I think that might stretch their limits. Yeah, let me give you an example, case in point here. Uh, I, Sam Bushman, had the chance to be a guest on uh, Cliff Kincaid's USA Survival uh, radio, or I'm sorry, video program. And on that broadcast, usasurvival.com is the website for it. But we talked about Mitt Romney, the CIA, big tech in the swamp. And uh, great interview with Cliff Kincaid highlighting, you know, some of these Republicans are pretty bold uh, in attacking President Trump. And so I hope that means we have the majority. And I hope it goes there because the states, uh, sadly, don't really have a seat at the table for discussion oftentimes. The American people don't either many times, but we need these checks and balances. And that's what we're talking about here, Kurt, with your point about the states having one vote each and everything else. This is a check and balance by the founders, right? 
Well, that's what I see in the in this uh, piece where it talks about the vice president being given the quote um, right to count the electors. Uh, this was an analysis by two uh, prominent law professors that was published before the election uh, that concluded that if electoral college votes remain in dispute after they are counted in Congress, the vice president, as presiding officer of the joint session, could choose not to allow certain disputed votes. Uh, they say in the WorldNet Daily piece, it says this scenario isn't entirely remote with lawsuits challenging the results in six states and the possibility of the U.S. Supreme Court could weigh in. Uh, John Yu of California, Berkeley, kind of unusual to have something good out of California, Berkeley, but anyway, Robert J. Delahunty De of St. Thomas University, they wrote this analysis published October 19th by the Claremont Institute that Vice President Mike Pence can refuse to count some of the votes if they remain disputed. Um, the professors concluded that the constitutional structure favors President Trump if Election Day fails to result in a clear winner. Uh, they cited the unprecedented circumstance of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, they went on to say Trump appears to be the winner on the morning, or, or they say a scenario in which Trump appears to be the winner on the morning after Election Day, but a blue wave begins in the days and weeks after, and Biden claims a belated overtime victory. They say... Uh, attorney and they go through and they point to what's called the electoral count act of 1887 i'm not familiar with that but they say it establishes deadlines for the states to report their official results and for the 538 members of the electoral college to meet the latter date this year is then they talk about this december 14th uh, you know date and that kind of thing but then they say constitutional question is not whether but how a state legislature could reclaim the appointment of electors um, they say well, republicans control the state legislatures in six key battleground states but they only have re, uh, republican governors in two of them and that's arizona and florida um, but then they say uh, however they said there's another plausible scenario this requires a closer look at the Electoral Count Act. The act contemplates a post-election period in which states have the opportunity to resolve any controversy or contest. I guess that's what we're going through now. In accordance with their pre-election law through judicial or other methods or procedures, they say once this process has reached a definitive conclusion or final ascertainment, the governor is then to certify the electors. And then they say another provision, and that's where they talk about this thing where the uh, vice president can, quote, count or, you know, uh, choose to uh, not let these certain electors be part of it, you know. So it's, uh, it's getting kind of interesting these days, isn't it, Larry? Well, I think you need to get a lot of popcorn. This movie is probably not going to end anytime soon. Um, and I, I certainly think that uh, uh, the the ultimate power in this is going to be the state legislatures of the various states, not including the governor. The Constitution uh, mentions that the legislatures are the ones that ultimately have the responsibility 
for selecting the electors. Now, many times they have just simply said, okay, the popular vote has selected this slate, and that's the slate we're going to send to the Electoral College. But they are making that decision to go along. But if they uh, end up saying, but the popular vote was fiddled with, and it was not a uh, a fair and honest representation, and we're going to make that decision because we were elected fairly uh, by the popular vote, and we're going to exercise that constitutional authority, then, uh, wow, uh, <laughs> this hasn't happened very often. <laughs> Amen to well, that, ladies my and gentlemen. Uh, this is serious, and I agree with you that the Electoral College still hasn't voted. All states still have not certified. There's lawsuits everywhere. And on one hand, they act like Trump's getting, been getting, getting beat up in the courts, and he has. We've got to admit that to some degree. However, in my opinion, uh, every day that this continues, we gain more knowledge of vote fraud, more evidence. More states are starting to admit the fraud. Uh, more evidence rolls forth in the courts and before the legislative bodies. More witnesses testify. Uh, and so on one hand, you see President Trump taking a beating in the courts, but he's taken a beating in the courts for over four years, folks. Okay? The judges have been against President Trump since the very beginning. They oppose him on everything. A single robe thug judge low level just shuts down the president. We've got a problem with the checks and balances. And the answer is to start impeaching judges. The answer is to start arresting criminals. Don't care what aisle they come from or what side of the aisle. And what we need to start doing is using the checks and balances and the rule of law. So the rule of law president needs to get serious right now. He's still the president until January the 20th at least. Let me say that again. He is still president until at least January the 20th. I say at least because there is no real deadlines. I know everybody wants you to believe there's a deadline yesterday, uh, you know, Safe Harbor Day, and there's a deadline this and a deadline that and a deadline. Not when there are literal litigation going on in a given situation and not when there's vote fraud in the country. Um, there is not a deadline provision for this. I know people want you to believe there is, but there's not. Otherwise, we don't have a redress of grievance uh, venue. Otherwise, we don't have literal checks and balances. As long as there are true allegations that are open and standing, you can't say that it's over and you can't say there's deadlines, Larry. Well said. I think that's the point that has to be made. Uh, this is not over. And even if deadlines uh, that are in the law uh, are not able to be met, well, then so be it, because it's the Constitution that says that the Congress has this authority. And it may come down to that. Not only authority, but I would submit to you sacred responsibility, sir. Uh, they certainly are going to be answerable uh, to how they carry that out. And if they don't deal with open, honest fidelity to their oaths, we need to re replace them, ladies and gentlemen. What, every two years you can replace all of the House and a third of the Senate? Is that right? See y'all next November. <laughs> My friend, thank you so much. Godspeed. Larry Pratt talking about all things liberty as always. Hour one of the can two coming up. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. 
Yes, you are, ladies and gentlemen, and this is our two of two. This is the broadcast for December the 9th of the year of our Lord 2020. God, family, country, life, liberty, property. Those are the words that typify what this broadcast is all about. How do you protect it all, huh? That's the ultimate question. We're talking about vote fraud. It's epic. The courts seem to be slamming Donald Trump. But nevertheless, there are good things happening, and a lot of people are doing things. And one thing I will say is I don't trust the courts. I'll tell you that right now. And I don't trust Giuliani and half the people around Trump. They're swamp monsters. But I will say this. There's a lot of good people starting to stand up, and that gives me hope. Let's start on that note. Kurt wants to play a soundbite. Uh, and, uh, Kurt, you want to introduce it real quick? Well, yeah, this is a um, basically an uh, interview from Newsmax TV uh, with an uh, host, and I forget his name, but uh, the uh, Supreme, or excuse me, the uh, just or the the lawyer that is being interviewed is one of the president's uh, team. His name is Jordan Seculo. If you're not familiar with him, uh, Jordan Seculo is the son of Jay Seculo, who, um, in my opinion, is uh, you know he, they run what's called the ACLJ. Now, if you're familiar with, if you're not familiar with the ACLJ, a lot of us are familiar with the ACLU, uh, but the ACLJ is uh, basically kind of like just the opposite of the ACLU. Um, you know, and uh, what you've Instead got here is... Instead of tearing down religious is, uh, liberty, ladies and gentlemen, they uphold religious liberty. That's right. And uh, Jordan is the son, as I mentioned, of Jay, um, Jay Seculo and Jordan. Uh, well, at least uh, Jordan lives in Tennessee with his wife and, uh, you know, a couple of kids. Uh, so he's kind of in the, uh, I guess you could call it the flyover country, you know, is what they always talk about. Yeah, it. Like but uh, Jordan, Jordan and Jay, um, you know, participate in talk radio. Uh, they have a... Uh, program called uh, uh, I forget what the name of it is but yeah, it's you find on that I'll play thousand, the sound thousand stations um, you know Jay Seculo Live is what it's called yeah, sorry about right. that and uh, on a thousand AM and FM stations so it's pretty well um, you know heard on a number of places um, and so you know this is one of the president's you know I guess I think one of his most trusted members of the legal team and somebody we can trust as well. And this uh, interview, I think, is pretty useful. Jordan Seculo on Newsmax. By the way, I don't trust Newsmax either. Here we go. I want to welcome a member of President Trump's legal team and the executive director of the American Center for Law and Justice, Jordan Seculo. Jordan, great to have you on the Thanks, program. Great. I appreciate you coming on tonight. Sure. Thank so, you. So, Jordan, we've got the Pennsylvania case basically thrown out, but Texas and then just a snowballing effect of states right. joining Texas, that's got to hold weight with the Supreme Court, correct? Well I, well, I can already report, now the Supreme Court has put on the docket that the, the parties, so the four states named here, Georgia, Wisconsin, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, when you look at uh, the states that were named, they have to now respond by Thursday at 3 p.m. to this bill of complaint. And they have to respond to, to very specific items. Uh, so the Supreme Court is not just considering uh, what Texas filed today. They are now going the next step, which is saying we want a response from the states named. We want a response from Pennsylvania, from Wisconsin, from Georgia. 
Uh, so again, I think it's very clear that, and this is the case we've been talking. And the mainstream press isn't covering any of this reality. They're not talking about any of it that I know of, really. About to to reach SCOTUS. This is the outcome determinative case. Sixty-two electoral college votes at stake, enough to change the outcome of the election. If, as you pointed out, Grant. In the relief, there's kind of two reliefs sought. One is these legislatures, which are all controlled by Republicans, can seat new electors uh, because the elections were violated. The electors clause is count one, due process and equal protection in the Constitution. And because of that, uh, they can seat new electors. If they have a problem doing that, it then goes to Congress by state delegation. And in the House, Republicans control that by 27 to 22, so it would be Republicans choosing the next president if it had to go to the House of Representatives. This is major, though, because, Grant, the court didn't just take this and issue an order uh, denying it or something like that or, or, or maybe coming up with opinions later on tomorrow. They are requiring these four states to actively respond by Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern time to the allegations in this bill of so, complaint, and that's that's different than most court cases at the Supreme Court because this is a case of original jurisdiction where the court has that original jurisdiction in the Constitution because it is state versus state. All right, so can the court literally say the this election is invalid and you need to find another way to appoint electors? I mean, is that the bottom line here? Is that what the court would end up saying if they rule in favor of the president? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the court could absolutely. I mean, listen, they've got if the if the equal protection, if due process was violated, if if the electors clause in the Constitution, these are all constitutional challenges that Texas is bringing. If those were violated, it affects everyone. And in this current case would be everyone in Texas. And now we're seeing, as you pointed out, all these other state AGs start adding on. And if it if it impacts my vote in a different state, then my equal protection rights were violated because of the irregularities, the wrongdoing, not following, I think, especially the electors clause, which says specifically state legislatures make the rules and change the rules. That's what the Constitution says, not courts. So even though Pennsylvania, they didn't get the injunctive relief today in Congressman Kelly's case, this gives the court an opportunity to look at it on the merits and they're going to be getting briefing on this. So now Pennsylvania is going to have to respond and say, why on earth was it okay for a court to do this when your state law and the U.S. Constitution says that you, you can't only do this with the state legislatures? And the state law actually has even more conditions. All right, so Jordan, two things here. One, I worry about the time aspect of this, so I'd like to get your response sure. to that. And the other is just flat out, Everybody knows I'm, I'm a big pro-Trump guy, all right? I, everybody knows they know where I want this to sure. go. But it looks to me like it's an open and shut case when I look at judges deciding you can extend the mail-in ballots. When, when you look at election judges in counties saying, well, you can let this people cure ballots and these people can't cure ballots. This is open and shut constitutional uh, violations. What am I missing here that this is going this far without a judge stepping in? Uh, you're missing a lot of the, the politics of this, and ultimately what, what came about with all those lawsuits, even the ones that weren't successful, is the gathering of all this information that then Texas and their attorney general, Ken Paxson, 
was able to put together in this brief. So whether or not the lawsuits were successful in a state like Michigan or Pennsylvania or Georgia, uh, again, or Wisconsin, the four states named here, you got all this information, and it's specifically going at the heart of constitutional challenges. Now, are we up against a wall with time? Of course we are. But the Supreme Court has already noted right now they're not worried about this uh, today being the you know this day that electors are selected. Right. Uh, they, they're pushing this to the 10th for the response. Uh, it's the 14th when the Electoral College votes. But as we pointed out, as Justice Ginsburg has pointed out, the real key is January 6th when Congress certifies the vote. So there is time because this is right at the Supreme Court. The Supreme right. Court cannot just send this back well, down for the to the appellate courts. I think I think for the Newsmax audience, they need to understand this is the be-all, end-all case to determine really the outcome of yeah. this election. Well, uh, this is the major challenge, the one we were waiting for. It has enough electoral votes at stake to change the outcome. It is outcome determinative, well, and the court is deciding that they want more briefing. Jordan, and that is a great that is great news, Grant. Jordan, that the other side has to respond. Well, it's no coincidence that we led off the top of this show with this case and, of course, having you, Jordan, on the program to lay it out for us. Um, literally a, br a brilliant legal mind, buddy. I appreciate you coming on the program. Good luck to the team. Absolutely. And uh, keep us posted, all right? We will certainly we'll do great. All right, And when it's state against state, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the Supreme Court has no other choice. They can't pass it to a state supreme body. They can't, they can't hand it down. Uh, time will tell on this, but this is a huge issue in the mainstream press. Is too busy telling you that, that, that you know, hey, the state got beaten in Pennsylvania. They're not really even talking about this much because they don't know what to say. This is the quintessential reality check. I'll tell you that right now, Kevin Montana. You're on the radio. Hi, Sam. I just heard some very disturbing information. Um, yesterday evening, there was a person named Melissa. I can't remember her last name. She was being interviewed by Pete Santilli, okay. and she was talking about how she witnessed a lot of voter fraud. I didn't hear the whole interview, but I heard about it this yeah, morning, Yeah, we've, we've covered a lot of this. Yeah, though this morning, there was, a, I guess, late, late last night. There's there a lady named Marticia Bomer also that uh, literally saw and testifies and swore out an affidavit about vote fraud as well. Yes, and I guess last night there was a person named AC. She was in the state legislature just being real hostile in the hearings in Michigan. She said that Trump supporters walk lightly. Soldiers, you know what to do. Do it. Make them pay. So Pete Santilli felt very threatened and just called a few minutes ago, about an hour ago, the Michigan Police Department, or the uh, Detroit Police Department, and he got transferred over to the Michigan State Police, and he reported the crime as a terrorist. And the lieutenant said, well, she has freedom of speech. We're investigating this. We're investigating the coworkers. And Pete said, well, if I did something, uh, th uh, threatened someone, would you investigate my coworkers? And then the lieutenant said, well, you, you, she has freedom of speech. Yeah, and there's a double Pete standard said, well, you're highlighting, no doubt. Hang tight. We'll let you finish in seconds. Okay. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. 
One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm by a friend of Mechagoria. The strategy of heaven revealed. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm. Available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues that affect the American West, its people, lifestyles, lands, and wildlife. The Loving Liberty Radio Network is proud to support the publisher's efforts to provide an active forum for solutions that preserve the vanishing American cowboy, farmer, and sheep herder. Each issue contains informative articles on life in the American West, along with breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of the cowboy spirit in our day. Each issue of Range Magazine also features great gift ideas, like the 2020 Real Buckaroo Calendar and the book Tales from Out There. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Just click on the shopping cart. The Loving Liberty Radio Network salutes the spirit of the American West and those who are keeping it alive at Range Magazine. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Kevin on your radio, Montana. So you're saying, hey, this is very concerning about Pete Santilli being threatened uh, in uh, some of these hearings uh, in Michigan. Pete Santilli is in Michigan, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. I think the threat is something serious. But the bottom line is, Kevin, there's a double standard. The liberals can threaten anybody, anytime. It's not really a problem. Now, if you or I did it, we'd go to jail in a second without even a true investigation. But let me give you the the headline to make the point that Kurt brought up last hour that you need to be familiar with and Pete needs to understand as well. Okay, listen, Schumer, that's Chuck Schumer, right? The Supreme Court and the mob. Andrew McCarthy wrote an article back in March of 2020 talking about this where, hey, you know what? Schumer literally brought in the mob and threatened the Supreme Court justices in person, literally outside of the courthouse. And there was no accountability, sir. So, you know what? This is nothing new. This is the way they roll. And this is why I say to you that maybe we've let the secret combinations get too far above the people. Maybe we've just waited too long to use the peaceful checks and balances America is known for. Kevin, final point. Well, yeah, I I just want to get uh, Pete Santilli, by the way, is out of Ohio. But because he's a national talk show host, he felt threatened, and rightfully so. And the guy, the lieutenant, just, you know, Pete Santilli, after he asked the lieutenant on the phone, if I were to do this, you know, if I were to make a threat, would you investigate my coworker? You know, that, that's when he bought, the lieutenant bought up the free speech, and then Pete, and then Pete Santilli said something, and the lieutenant said, oh, now you're being stupid, and just hung up fiercely. Yeah. And I heard the, it was bad. Well, and all I can tell you is if it was a, um, a liberal making that claim, they'd be over there ready to arrest Pete. That's how they roll, buddy. 
Okay, why don't people get to learn yeah. what I'm saying? You guys think I'm too extreme in my points or too negative in my views? Look, this is reality that we're facing. All right, I lost faith a long time yeah. ago back when Hans Verlin Anderson literally indicted the Federal Reserve in a federal grand jury. And all the judge did was laugh and go, oh, we have a runaway grand jury and dismissed the whole thing. All right, then Ammon Bundy rots in jail for two years and he's guilty of nothing. And his attorney gets tased in court. Okay, people lose their homes to the IRS all the time. You got Steve Stockman sitting in prison and Hillary and Bill Clinton running around free. I mean, what the heck's going on around here, folks? And so I don't mean to be negative and I don't mean to be cynical, but I do mean to point out a reality check that we cannot ignore. Uh, anything else, Kevin? No, I just All right. uh, Our prayers are with I, Pete. I wish more people would wake up. Amen. Our prayers are with Pete Santilli, and we'll try to get him on to talk about it. I think he's right on the point for sure. It is a serious, serious, serious concern, and we consider Pete uh, a friend for sure, and our, our prayers are with him. And I agree with him that it is a serious concern. I'll be the first to admit that. Uh, Kurt's got another soundbite from Arizona. Uh, Arizona chair exposes huge duplicate ballot scheme. Of course, the evidence doesn't matter. You should be aware of that. But here's the sound clip. Duplicate ballots, we got to examine 100 of them. It's a very, very small sample. But guess what? We found two ballots that were changed. One was changed from Trump to Biden. One was just taken away from Trump for no reason that we can find an explanation for. This is good news because those media propagandists who say there's no evidence of fraud can now shut up. The bad news Yeah, Tucker, hold on. Tucker Carlson. Who say there's no evidence of fraud can now shut up. The bad news is this looks like this election has been attempted to be stolen from President Trump. And it looks like we're going to take it back. I'm joined by Kelly Ward, chairwoman of the Arizona Republican Party. She made that video, which was retweeted by the president of the United States. Hi, how are you? Good to see you tonight. Hey, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We're fighting the fight because um, every single avenue to make sure that our elections have integrity will be taken, will be exhausted. We will not sleep. We will not quit. We will continue to the path to make sure that we save our republic. And another positive step that the mainstream media are either ignoring or downplaying, dismissing, the Arizona Supreme Court will hear the case. Yes, it is. Actually, about two minutes ago, <clears throat> just as I was getting ready to go on, the Supreme Court has said, uh, basically agreed with the lower courts. But we are evaluating what we need to do, and if we need to, we will go all the way to the United States Supreme Court, because simply saying that there's some kind of deadline that doesn't exist, as you just heard from Jason, January 20th is the only date that matters. Inauguration. I agree it's the date that matters, but again, that's not a deadline either. If you have fraud, criminal activity taking place, and there is uh, court cases or litigation relating criminal activity, uh, you need to put on hold the inauguration uh, of the president as well. So I don't even believe that's a hard deadline, ladies and gentlemen, in light of what's happening right now. Day. So we have time to be able to look at the evidence that's before us. As that video showed, we found evidence that votes were changed from one guy to the other or just taken all the away from President Trump altogether. So we deserve to be able to look at those things that Arizona lets us have. 
we have paper backups. We have digital images of the ballots as they were cast. We have logs of who did what and when, but we simply haven't been able to look at them because these attorneys and these judges keep saying there's just no time. Well, there is time. And so we're going to keep pushing to whatever level we need to go to to make sure that we are able to tell the voters of Arizona and the voters of the United States of America that our elections have integrity. Can you say that again, though, at the start? Two minutes ago, Supreme Court said they agree with the lower court. Uh, I don't think that's a yeah. good thing. And so we're going to have to we're going to have to fight this all the way up to the Supreme Court. Right. Oh, that's right. That's right. We're looking at it. We're looking at the whole reading because I haven't had a chance to even look at the reading. My attorney just sent me a message, a text right before I came on and said they ruled exactly as we we thought that they probably would. Uh, same ruling as the lower court that we don't have time and they don't see enough evidence of of any kind of mis misbehavior. Um, even if there's human error in a race that has a 0.3% margin, you have to look for it because we have to make sure that the right guy, President Trump, in my opinion, gets those electoral votes so that we send the right person to the White House for the next four years. In my opinion, that is, that is President Donald J. Trump. Hey, what was the biggest problem? You've mentioned some things in that uh, video at the top, but the number one concern you have in Arizona, what didn't go what wasn't kosher? Well, there were so many things. I, I mean, yeah, there, it's, it's basically innumerable. But for tonight, I will tell you that we were talking about the duplicated ballots. So the ballots that have some kind of damage or they can't be read by the machine for whatever reason, those ballots are set aside. And then a human from the elections department fills them in. They create a duplicate for the voter. Now, they're supposed to create it exactly as the voter created it himself or herself. However, we found a 3% swing for President Trump whenever we just looked at 100 ballots out of nearly 2 million. There are over 1.9 million. Now, let me pause. When she says we found a swing for Trump, what she's talking about is the relook or the investigation found a swing for Trump. What really happened is there was a swing for Biden uh, in the results that they're counting. And she's saying when we reviewed it, uh, the opposite should take place. Uh, early ballot ballots, absentee ballots, 28,000 of them were duplicated. Over 200,000 of them were digitally adjudicated. We haven't been able to look at one ballot, not one that was digitally adjudicated. So I wonder what we would find, and I wonder why people want to stop us from looking, because we need sunlight on this process. We've got millions of people in our own state and millions, tens of millions of people, over you know, 80 million people who are questioning the results, the validity of this election. This is an American republic. We owe it to the people out there, the voters, the citizens of the United States, to do this right, to take our time, and to look at everything we have to be able to reassure them. I totally agree. And I spent too much time in the military for uh, Rahm Emanuel and uh, Tom Perez and whoever else might have had a hand in swinging this thing the wrong way. By the way, I'm very fond of Arizona. I lived in Yuma, the southwest corner of the state, for... Um, Four years, not even on the map on my map, but right about there. It's a great, yeah, oorah, great place. Oorah. Sounds like a military uh, placement. And my husband served for 33 years honorably in our military. We love our military. We love our freedom. And we're going to keep fighting for it. Uh, excellent. Yes, there's a big Marine base. That's where I served. Uh All right, there you have it, Kurt. There's the summary of that one.
these are serious um, situations. And one of the things that surprises me is in that interview, they didn't mention that the FBI literally has raided a home for election data that was stolen. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, how can we ignore that? And how come not even the conservative media seems to be talking about that? That raises the level, not only beyond just vote irregularities, to literal criminal activity surrounding our sacred elections. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Los Angeles Superior Court Judge James Chalfant is helping shuttered restaurant owners with his ruling Tuesday. The judge ruled Los Angeles County health officials acted arbitrarily and without a proper risk-benefit analysis when they banned outdoor dining as a China virus control measure. When he asked L.A. County health officials for science behind their lockdown order, they had no science or studies. The decision won't immediately restore in-person dining. The Supreme Court on Tuesday denied a request from Pennsylvania Republicans to block certification of Commonwealth's election results, but the Supreme Court did move on a motion by Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. His complaint on Tuesday says four swing states exploited the COVID-19 pandemic to justify ignoring federal and state election laws and unlawfully enacting last-minute changes. Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin have until Thursday to respond to the Bill of Complaint. USA Radio News. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule. Changing the world one life at a time. I've been taking vitamins off and on my whole adult life, and I've never seen any change. Not like this, not since I've been on balance of nature. I used to take prescription medication for uh, muscle aches and stuff. I don't take that anymore. I wish I would have started it back when I first heard about it on the radio. And if I can give Balance of Nature any advice, keep it out on the radio because I still hear these commercials from time to time, and I'm thinking, you know, you people need to listen up. I mean, I'm over 50. And, you know, your body starts wearing down. But now with nature has literally changed my life. It really has. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code USA. Axios reported on Monday that a Chinese spy named Fang Fang, or Christine Fang, targeted up-and-coming local politicians, including Democrat congressman from California Eric Swalwell. It's suspected Fang was gathering intel for China as she courted and slept with up-and-coming politicians. Swalwell refused to discuss his relationship with Fang after the publication reported that she had sexual relations with at least two other politicians. In his defense, Mr. Swalwell blamed President Trump. The Trump administration, trying to get a COVID-19 stimulus package done on Tuesday, offered a $916 billion package to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi that would send a $600 direct payment to most Americans. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin made the offer to Pelosi late Tuesday afternoon. Democrat Chuck Schumer immediately rejected the offer. Nancy Pelosi also blasted McConnell's offer as an attempt to undercut the bipartisan group. A rare Tuesday night football game saw the Ravens beat the Cowboys 34-17. to This is USA Radio News. All right.
right. You know, we're spending a lot of time on this election thing, and some people say that, hey, stick a fork in it, it's over. Never, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I don't trust the Supreme Court. I don't trust Rudy Giuliani, and I don't trust the swamp, and that's why I'm saying, hey, Trump's going to lose. I just feel like that's going to happen. I pray that's not true, and I don't mean to be negative in pointing out that I think so, but I'm just telling you, ladies and gentlemen, we've got to face reality about how much we've let secret combinations get above the people. We've got to face reality about, look, we've allowed fraud and criminal activity to go on in America for a long time. I mean, what, four plus years ago, we were chanting locker up regarding Hillary Clinton. We haven't even begun to even investigate enough to, to, to have a fair trial and a due process of law and convict Hillary. Okay. You've got situations where, hey, Barack Obama literally spied on Donald Trump's campaign. No problem. You've got literally all kinds of criminal activity going on, but there's been no accountability. Now they're saying, oh, we got to look into Hunter Biden. <clears throat> Don't you think looking into Hunter Biden right now is a day late and a dollar short? I'm not saying we shouldn't do it, but I'm saying, you know what? That should have been done months ago when we heard about Hunter's scandals. Not after his dad becomes president. Once his dad becomes president, we won't have a chance. He'll just pardon his son, won't he? <laughs> See, we've got serious problems, folks. And I appreciate that everybody's worried about vote fraud, Kelly in Arizona and others. But you know what? We're taking this on way later than we should. President Trump put together four years ago a vote fraud panel to deal with this stuff. But it just got shut down and disbanded. I don't even know why or how or what or whatever. Okay? But the media, as Kelly wisely points out, is one of the great problems. All right? Uh, in fact, it's so bad... David Capillion at WND.com writes about it. Kurt? Well, that's correct, Sam. And uh, his uh, piece is entitled The Biggest Election Fraud of All. Uh, subheadline, How Angry, Entitled, and Shockingly Dishonest Journalists Are Destroying America. And um, let's see. I, I mean, it's a pretty lengthy uh, piece. Right. I, and, and the key takeaway know. from this is, you know, the world WND.com has been highlighting the problems in the media. I wouldn't say as much as I have, but they've done uh, more than others by far. And David Capillion has been one of the key writers about this. And look, Kurt, when you have the courts in bed with the state governors, in bed with the media, in bed with these two-party systems, I don't know how with those secret combinations above us we get truth and transparency, and accountability. And until we start arresting people or until there's accountability with impeachment or some of the remedies that our founding fathers put forward, some of the checks and balances, I just don't see how we can win. Because the, the a swamp is literally thumbing their nose at us now and laughing and going, you idiots following Trump. You know, you, you um, and they mock us. They're mocking honesty. They're mocking transparency. They're allowing the COVID to, you know, combine with global warming, to combine with the deep state, to combine with the swamp, uh, the media. And, and so I don't mean to be negative, but this article is huge by David Capillion, and it documents a lot of the details. His main point, the biggest election oh, fraud, exactly how these right. angry journalists are peddling the porn. Yep, yep. 
any any outlines the fact that there's so much of this uh, big money owned by gigantic companies. He talks about AT&T owning CNN, Comcast owns NBC, CNBC, MSNBC, Disney owns ABC and ESPN, Viacom, CBS owns CBS, Amazon's Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. They all have huge stakes, he says, in China. Um, and he says that might help explain why, for example, the media coverage of China's role in the coronavirus pandemic is so bizarrely absent. Uh, credible reports from courageous Chinese virologists and other experts with intimate knowledge of the origins uh, who claim China intentionally created the virus in a lab are ignored or dismissed as insane conspiracy theories. Uh, you know, and he gives a lot of other um, examples. Um, you know, like I say, it's just uh, a long, long uh, bunch. But, you know, he's given good evidence that of what he has to say and how that the uh, media is basically an enemy it makes me think of the uh, days of old sam when we were told about the intellectual prostitutes do you remember that yeah yeah and so uh that's what we're dealing with here i guess um once again right yes don't know what to think about it one one thing i will say and i know you're uh, frustrated sam, with me saying that our our um our odds are so slim on this kurt not because the truth isn't with President Trump, okay, but because of how corrupt our system has become. Okay, the courts are rotten to the core. I mean, they're the ones that have literally sanctioned the murdering of babies to the tune of 60 million. And it was a Republican court that done it. And now today we have a majority uh, Republican court and we're not even talking about it really as far as I can see. And so, you know, I, I just don't trust these people and I'm very concerned. That doesn't mean that I don't have hope. I have hope in God. And I have hope in the American people. My biggest hope is that the American people can get the information they need because I believe the people will choose right, Kurt, when they get the opportunity. As you've mentioned many times, there's a lot of good people doing a lot of wonderful things. But how do we get the information to the people? How do we get our newscast? How do we let people know about, you know, Kelly's appearance and, and, and this attorney, um, Mr. Seculo, Jordan Seculo's appearance. How do we let people know about the court cases that are going on? How do we let people know the FBI is literally investigating in Arizona because information was stolen? How do we know about Sidney Powell's information suggesting the constitutional remedy is impeachment if the courts don't you know, do their due diligence on this thing? How do we let people know about Schumer literally calling in the mob to threaten the Supreme Court? How do we let the people know about, I mean, I'm just talking about today's stuff. Sam Bushman well, was I'll guest on Cliff Kincaid's. USAsurvival.org video program. How do we let people know about that? Well, in my opinion, I'll tell you, and the answer is uh, going to your own words, Sam. You, you've told us many times that the new media has taken center stage. And the fact is, um, it's true that we wish there was more of us, you know, that kind of thing. But when you look at, for example, Let's just look at that little YouTube piece, you know, where we're talking about Jace Jordan Seculo. And it, according to YouTube, and then you kind of wonder about these numbers too, but it says uh, that it has 319,000 views in 12 hours. Um, now, I know that's not uh, 319 million, uh, Sam, but it is, uh, according to them, 319,000. Um, and if 
if I, you know, will suggest to you that uh, people like Jordan Seculo and Jay Seculo have thousands of stations that hear them, and, uh, you know, uh, you add them up with the work that we do, Loving Liberty Radio Network, and, and the different associates that we know about. You mentioned Cliff Kincaid and these different people. Then I believe there's a, uh, at least you could say, a small group of people that are very well informed and understand what's going on and are there to make a difference. Now, in this uh, piece from the biggest election fraud of all that you mentioned uh, that from uh, Jay uh, let's see, what's his name? Um, anyway, from World Net Daily, I forget the author. Um, anyway, in it, we were talking about these gigantic companies. And, and before I mentioned that, I was thinking about, you know, the Bible and the uh, story about the giant, you know, Goliath and how uh, David and Goliath, you know, if you looked at that picture and stuff, you would have thought, there's no chance. I mean, uh, it's just uh, it's this giant dealing with uh, David. Uh, you know, why in the world would you ever even have hope or faith in that? And yet, uh, in the end, uh, with God's help, um, David prevailed and the giant was slain. And, and I believe the same thing can happen here. Um, and I pray for it and work for it and want to have continual uh, hope in it and uh, move forward as the savior said be of good cheer and uh, you know continue in your efforts on a regular basis you know we're of good cheer and we're certainly working on it and we certainly know god can do miracles but miracles depend upon faith and uh, people need to have faith for god to do miracles and faith precedes the miracle if you will and uh, you know right now uh, i don't believe americans are focusing on uh, their faith, uh, by and large. Now, there's several, several of us who are, and there's a lot of good people doing a lot of good things, and hopefully that'll be enough. My point is we need more. And the good news is more people are getting involved. The good news is more people are waking up. The good news is the new media is taking center stage. The good news is we're learning that he who owns the media makes the rules. The good news is, well, Matt Staver chimes in, Kurt. I emailed you this one. Shocking proof of a broken election system, writes Matt Staver. He's the LC Action Chairman with LC.org. He's one of the big attorneys, in my opinion, that's really moving the needle on this thing. Um, but he doesn't get credit, Kurt, like others do. He's not in the limelight. He's working so hard behind the scenes. But in my opinion, he's one of the most credible people involved in this fight. Justly so. We'll give you details from his email in seconds. As Liberty Roundtable Live continues on your favorite News the networks refuse to use radio station. for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man but by God. The foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? 
please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3 founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. Hi, I'm Patty, wife of former Congressman Steve Stockman. In Congress, Steve sought impeachment of Eric Holder for his corruption of the Justice Department and his fast and furious gun running that caused border agent Brian Talley's death. Steve called for arrest of Lois Lerner for her contempt of Congress as it investigated her targeting of conservative nonprofit groups. After four years, four grand juries, and millions of tax dollars, Steve Stockman is in prison. His case involved four checks to nonprofits. DOJ has one standard for Hillary Clinton, but another for folks like President Trump and my husband. We've spent all our savings, all Steve's retirement, and much of mine. Steve Stockman has fought for you and America. Won't you join me now to fight for Steve? To help, text FIGHT to 444-999. Text F-I-G-H-T to 444-999 or go to DefendAPatriot.com. DefendAPatriot.com. All right, so Matthew Staver, well-known attorney at Liberty Council, says this, shocking proof of a broken election system. Now listen to this. He further says, there's a fire hose of information about election fraud. We are working on unraveling the greatest crime in America. I think he's right about that, Kurt. You want to fill us in on the rest? Yeah, and it goes on. It says, uh, we will race through some of the highlights below. And this was yesterday. He says, today's safe harbor day, which acts as a warning to the states to have their affairs in order before the Electoral College vote next week. But nothing, and he puts that in big letters, is in order in the swing states of Pennsylvania, Missis, uh, excuse me, Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia, and Arizona. And I think you might even add Nevada. But anyway, it says there are two major paths forward for President Trump, one through the legislatures and the other through the courts. Our staff is still advising in Pennsylvania where a resolution has already been introduced to block the certification. Other states may follow suit. Time is of the essence, um, and he says, uh, testimony in Georgia included a number of explosive revelations. A director of external affairs, Jessica Corbett Dominguez, admitted that there were two mobile units, that I haven't heard this anywhere else, which allowed voting wherever the unit was parked in Atlanta. She let slip that these units were Wi-Fi enabled. This means the registered lists and voting results were in an open Wi-Fi, which is susceptible to hacking. But it gets much worse, Matt Staver says from Liberty Council. Susan Boyles, V-O-Y-L-E-S, a polling location manager, uh, testified that when her polling location displayed the wrong list of voters, the Dominion office in Colorado appeared to do a screen share right in front of her own eyes to change the list. Uh, quote, 
There it says in parentheses, the Colorado office controlled the computerized system in Atlanta through an Internet-enabled connection, And in parentheses. Uh, this directly counters the Dominion talking points that these computers are not connected to the Internet and cannot be hacked. The question remains, what are you going to do about it? He says, uh, the Internet allowed access to, is deeply concerning, especially when it's combined with other technical facts. We've seen sworn testimony, which includes screenshots and data tracking analysis from cybersecurity experts who were able to capture server IDs and link to Dominion voting systems via their tabulation partner, Edison Research, uh, says... Though Now, get this part. Though the company claims it has no foreign servers, the evidence now shows active servers in Germany, Serbia, and Iran. Now, have you well, heard on, Kurt, Serbia you, and Iran yeah, from of anywhere course. else? Yep. If you, I haven't Because I've been watching Matt Staver and reading all of his articles, Kurt. Well, what, but what I mean is any other, you know, like source, like World no. Daily, I haven't even heard from them. No, but I've heard Matt uh, talking about this yeah. quite a bit. And here's the thing. Um, if you think of it as we're in a global government, Kurt, there's nothing that's foreign anymore. Right? Very good, Sam. If it there's says, no countries uh, and no borders, which is what they want, and it's a global government, then there is no foreign servers, Kurt. Yeah, and he goes on. He says the mounting evidence is critical because of the implications of fraud and malfeasance go far beyond this single election says, another revelation deeply concerns me. While so-called fact-checkers have claimed Dominion Voting System has no foreign investment, that too is lie. Uh, according to the Office of U.S. Patents, China holds the liens on several Dominion software patents, including the patent on election software security. Uh, in parentheses, the Hong Kong and Shanghai Banking Corporation is acting as the collateral agent in this case, in parentheses, as the lien holder, China, would have access to proprietary information, including the specific computer coding language. Uh, to summarize, he says, we now know that China likely understands the code language of our voting system better than Americans do. We know that the system was supported and housed by servers in Iran and Serbia, and we know that on Election Day, voting systems were accessed through the Internet by IT staff from six states away. And in locations in both Michigan and Georgia, we know that Trump votes were changed to Biden votes. He says this cannot be allowed to proceed unchallenged. He says uh, Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito has ordered an answer to the election case in Pennsylvania. This is a very critical case. It's essential to demand answers before the evidence disappears and information is discarded. The worst possible outcome is for both sides to believe that they won. Nothing could push our nation closer to civil unrest. Uh, and then he calls for uh, support for Liberty Council action, and I agree with him. I support them completely, and I think they're one of the best attorneys on this with some of the most details that is not getting out, as far as I can tell, through anybody but us and Matt Staver's radio show. And, you know, we need a lot more work on it. But let me give you an example, Kurt. While Matt struggles for funds, while Sidney Powell struggles for funds, while, you know what, uh, pardon the phrase, but hey, while Liberty Roundtable and Liberty News Radio struggle for funds, I mean, hey, if I didn't fund it with my own dollars, we'd be off the air long ago, Kurt. And I look at that and I go, wow, here's what the mainstream press is doing. 
Howard Stern, Kurt, is reportedly making a hundred million dollars a year under his current five-year contract, but he just renewed his contract for five more years to 120 million. Experts are saying, of course, the deal was not disclosed in terms of the finances there, but Howard Stern making between 100 and 120 million, and they just extended his contract. And XM Satellite Radio has been, uh, you know, propped up for decades, but now it's it's on turbo with Howard Stern. He says, "Thank heavens, I'm freed from terrestrial radio. They've taken the shackles off me. Uh, me and co-host Robin are doing great. We can say what we want. We can, and this is what America backs with big money." And you could say, well, Americans aren't back in that, Sam. It's this corporation. Yeah, but they get their money from somewhere. They get their money from advertisers, the big corporations. They get their money from the listeners. They've obviously got enough listeners or they couldn't justify Howard Stern's show. You don't pay somebody $20 million, $24 million a year on a very unique vertical channel like satellite radio unless it's bringing in money. And so as a result, that's what Americans primarily prizes their media. You got CNN doing great. You got... uh, the New York Times doing great. You got Howard Stern doing phenomenal. And the rest of us, man, we don't even get table, table scraps, really. So that's where the battle resides, Kurt. But don't worry. All is well. The Conservative Political Action Conference, Kurt, you're going to go in 2021? They say CPAC is hosted by the American Conservative Union. It'll be held in person in Orlando, Florida in 2021. That's according to Fox News. Um, in 2021. What do you think of that, Kurt? Very good, Sam. Uh, Are you going to go to CPAC? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I already got my ticket. and um, you Really? Know, just, uh, Man, I didn't know you know, knew the venue so I, early. I, you were in on the inside. Well, you, you know me. I mean, yeah, I'm an insider. I mean, I... You know, I, in fact, I even scheduled this meeting and planned it and uh, put it together. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I mean, it's everything is because of what I do. I yeah, mean, they say CPAC is a four-day event. It'll be at the Hyatt Regency in Orlando, Florida, Kurt. The in-person conference will be from February 25th through the 28th. And they say, but don't worry, it'll have several virtual components as well if you don't feel comfortable going. But CPAC is moving from Maryland to Florida, Kurt. So there you have that. I just thought I'd make you feel better about the, you know, that happening. Are you, uh, you know, I, I think you got to go, Kurt. I know you kind of mock it, but I, I think you got to go cover it live, buddy. I can hold down the studio and you can roll in there and cover it live, buddy. What do you think? Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, I'll be there um, probably just selling honey out front. You know, I mean. You can't uh, sell honey out front, Curtis. You can't be a reporter inside, my friend. Well, it I isn't mean, all about know, the money I'm sometimes, Kurt. You got to step aside. It isn't all about the money. I thought it was all about the it's money. It's about trying to, you know, I mean, grow the media. That's Curtis. just the way I do, you know, things is I focus on the money, you know, all the time. I mean, it's just. Well, know, don't, 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 don't stay out there selling honey, Kurt. You got to go inside the venue, buddy, and report live. Mm-hmm. Of course. All right. You uh, mentioned that you had a, a, a an email for the American Family Association. I'm on their list, but uh, you know I didn't get that one yet, Kurt. Well, oh, it just came you in. Get, you get oh, thousands that pour it in, pour it I into know your it. place. Uh, you know, in fact, you get hundreds a day, according to what you said. The, oh yeah. But the headline from Don't the you American get hundreds of emails a day, Kurt. 
from the American Family Association? No, I get I get uh, several anyway. a day from them. I don't get hundreds from them. Uh-huh. I get hundreds of emails. I get several a day. I just get one maybe every yeah. week or so. But anyway, it says... All uh, right, what's this one called? They recommend uh, urge attorney generals to join Texas AG Paxton's election lawsuit. And um, they're uh, you know, saying that the Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton is leading the nation to preserve the 2020 election integrity for our nation's constitutional republic. Uh, Attorney General Paxton is to be highly commended for filing a federal election lawsuit against states he rightfully claims have violated federal election requirements for the presidential election. Uh, He filed his lawsuit in the U.S. Supreme Court against the states of Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. They say, take action now. Uh, contact and urge your state's attorney general to join the lawsuit against the unconstitutional actions of these defendant states. Amen to AFA. We support them completely. AFA Action Alert doing a phenomenal job. Urge your state to join Paxton of Texas's attorney general lawsuit against these states that manipulated their elections uh, unconstitutionally against the law before the elections. Join, uh, encourage your attorney general or your state AG to go ahead and, and, and help file the lawsuit. I completely agree. You think Utah, where we live, Kurt, is going to get it done? Well, I know a while back uh, there was a report that our attorney general was basically helping the president's team. And uh, so, you know, I don't know for sure about the uh, Utah attorney general exactly what's going on. I haven't heard much uh, about him, which probably means he's doing some really good stuff. I mean, you, you wouldn't hear much if he was doing good you'd hear him if he was doing bad yeah we pray that our state will join and we pray that more and more and more states will jump on and we pray that the supreme court is forced you know to take a real look at this um and you know i pray that i'm wrong i pray that kurt's right and that i'm wrong and that we really get to the bottom of this thing and we have truth and accountability and the american way starts to shine and we pull down power and secret combinations and we support honesty and integrity in our elections and man i pray for that I work towards that. I bring every piece of information I can to advocate for that to the table. By the way, Kurt, we're thinking about launching some video stuff. What do you think? Well, with the pile of money that we've got, I mean, you know, it's... I don't have any money, Kurt. I'm not selling money. Oh, that's why I don't have a lot of money, but I got some time and I got some talent. Uh, And we might bring some uh, weekly videos together. I might stand and deliver weekly videos, summary of the stories we do on the radio. Email me, libertyroundtable at gmail.com. Do you think it's a good idea? Is it worth my time? It does take work and money to get this stuff done, though. I'll tell you that right now. All right, good work. Thank you, Kurt. For Sam and Kurt, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.